0: please visit Gurusingh.com. Bless you.
1: So let's breathe ourselves into this room. together, press them together, inhale deeply.
0: Satguray Name Satguray Name Sri Gurudev
1: experience with with a quote from Yogi Bhajan Um, early on. This was a quote that I I made a note of uh, in February of 1969. We are a senseless, infinity, occupying a sensing device to observe the finite. We are a senseless infinity, occupying a sensing Device to observe the finite. The most important part of that statement is the accuracy. Of the sensing device and that's why we come into this room. We come into this room to produce an accuracy within our sensing device so that we may accurately experience each experience. Memory is fuzzy. We do not store information accurately. So if your experience is inaccurate because your sensing device isn't calibrated and tuned, then you have fuzziness compounded by fuzziness in your memory. And memory is what produces time. Because there is nothing existing except each moment. Everything else is a storage of information. How many times, raise your hand, how many many of you have ever had past events in an in, in incorrect order. Oh, that happened first, right. Hmm? And it's kind of an awakening, isn't it? It's, it's, it's kind of a moment of, of, um, of, of an epiphany almost, uh, when you suddenly go, oh yeah, that did happen first. Or, oh yeah, that did happen with you. You remember the event, you remember the person, but you don't remember the person in the event. And then you connect those. And that's sorting the memory. Our emotional memory body enters actually through the solar plexus. And that's why there's such a thing as what's called anxiety or a panic attack. Anxiety and a panic attack are your memory systems and your, your your greatest memory system is the Akashic record. And the Akashic record enters through your solar plexus. And so when you have an, a, a need for memory, like if you're taking a test, you have a need for memory, right? You have to remember. <laughs> what you studied so that you can enter it into the test and basically every moment is a test and what you have is you have some moments are kind of like final exams right they're they're a little more pressured than others and what happens is that you you come into that that moment and that moment asks for memory right And because you don't index your memory, Uh, indexed memory is very easy to access, isn't it? I mean, when you have a book that has an index, like the teacher training manual, right? It has an exquisite index. Um, And uh, when you um, have a book with an index, you just go to the index and you look up, it's alphabetical, and you look up the term and it tells you what pages that term is used on, and that's uh, an incredible advantage. And a panic attack, anxiety attack, is the dumping of a massive amount of data. And it's basically saying, look for it. (laughs) It's in here somewhere. The data is definitely in there, and that data enters, like all things travel, all things travel in a spiral. That's just the nature of nature. And that's why it's called gut-wrenching. The wrenching means that it wrenches like this, like a wrench would wrench a nut on a bolt. And so what you get is you get this gut-wrenching sensation right here. Well, one of the things that that wrenching does, because it actually does transfer into the physical, is that it tightens the lungs. I can't can't breathe. Right? And it reaches, the, the tissue connection reaches so high up into the throat that it actually feels like your throat is being locked off. Does it sound familiar? Yeah. For those who have ever had such an experience. And so, the, the, and, and the reason that they say breathe into a, a, a paper bag is because if you breathe into a plastic bag, it could get stuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but what you wanna do is you wanna breathe carbon dioxide. That's why you breathe into a paper bag because you want to breathe carbon dioxide, because that will shut down the brain. Because the brain requires a massive amount of oxygen to, to function. And as you shut down the brain, the brain stops asking the, ori- the initiating question, or the brain stops relating to the initiating circumstance that caused the need for that much information to come into your bo- into your system. How do you index? Right, that's that's the obvious question. You index through contemplation and even deeper through meditation and you can also index by creating structure. And the way you create structure is by using the brain in a structured format which is what Nam Simran is, the repetition of a mantra. And that creates structure. And what happens when you begin to structure the brain, not only are you taking in structured information as opposed to random information, which will then get stored randomly, but you're also penetrating the memory with that same structure. And so the more you do it, the deeper into memory you, you, you delve. And it's not a quick fix you know it's a it's a fix that takes time to really get into the system and we have to realize that not only are we living with you know the decades of our experiential existence in this life but we're also living with the century or two rather a couple centuries of the seven generations of the dna that is actually alive in our physical body which is producing either the structure or the lack of structure through which we take in the information through the sensory system. Yes? And so you're experiencing it like your mom and dad experienced it, like their mom and dad experienced it, like their mom and dad experienced it, and And in seven generations you have 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, and 128. That adds up to 254 individual lives experiencing the information so in each moment you're not you you're 200 in the physical in the physical you in each moment you're 254 people having the experience so it's like me and my posse <laughs> <laughs> would like to would like to have lunch with you <laughs> right it's a crowd and the fact that you sometimes feel alone is that you are you are ignoring the crowd that you actually live with and as you ignore them you also can't influence them and as you try as you work to influence them they resist because they're They've been around longer than you and 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 you're just an upstart, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like You know, come on no. And so you have to then live in your commitment which in teacher training we understand is the first step to happiness Is commitment And that commitment is that you have to be okay with that natural opposition that uh, that always will occur, and so you want to tune your physical body with yoga and meditation and contemplation and chanting and the mental body with chanting and the emotional body with with all of the um, the angles and triangles to get the glands and organs in proper shape so that hormones and peptides that are what you experience as emotion are secreting in proper doses. And you want to get this all tuned up and tuned in, in order for the experience to become accurate. And it's not just the experience of the experience, but it's also the experience of memory. You want the experience of memory to be accurate. Because once beyond the moment, memory is fiction. Once you leave the moment, you've stored some fiction. Because you haven't just stored the event. You've stored how did the event feel, what did you think about the event. And those actually take priority over the event in today's world. And so rather than actually just experiencing an event, because an event without a thought and an emotion is just an event. Pain without a thought and emotion is not painful. It's just an event. I'm not saying it's a delicious event. It isn't painful. The pain is the resistance. The physical pain is the resistance to the event. And so, as you reduce the resistance, you reduce the friction. And as you reduce the friction, you reduce the inflammation. And as you reduce the inflammation, you reduce the pain. Because the pain is just a, res- the, the a psycho emotional response to inflammation, which is a response to friction, which is a response to resistance. You're all looking at me. (laughs) What we want to be able to do is we want to be able to set our system so that those parts of our system that sense balance, actually sense balance. The first component that senses balance is the inner ear which is not drawn up here but you know your ear. The inner ear there is a spiraling event called the cochlea inside the inner ear and inside the cochlea there are all of these little hairs. And those little hairs understand balance. And if you can stand balance, then those little sensors on the inside of your ear begin to distribute information throughout your system that the circumstance is balanced When a circumstance is balanced, you don't experience something as greater than to the extent of overwhelming to you, you experience everything as equal to you. Even something that would be insignificant becomes equal to you because insignificance requires an opposite. So the more you experience insignificance, the more there will be a storage of the experience of the opposite. And what most people do in their sensation of aloof, disconnect, the way they can disconnect from the experience is to render things as insignificant. So they don't have to experience them. Have you ever had someone render you insignificant? (laughs) You take offense, no offense needed, because what you're actually experiencing is another event, another senseless infinity in a sensory system that is out of balance, so why should you take Offense to that, because the moment you take offense to that, you have contracted the dis-ease. So when somebody treats you as insignificant, just enjoy it. Because then you can create equilibrium, which will have a reversal effect it won't have an instantaneous cure but what you've just done is you've contributed to the collective solution rather than rather than contributing to the collective imbalance now what most people do when they have that tendency for producing disconnect which is the you're insignificant you're insignificant. You're insignificant. You're insignificant, and that way I can just function in disconnect. All of that has to be balanced, correct? Well, each one of those events was minor, and what happens is that the balancer is a collective. So each per- the person that has insignificance as the as a way of ass- as a way of disassociating with others, they have this huge monster. Huge monster. Because it, <clears throat> the balancing agent has collected into a single. And it's, it's more efficient that way, isn't it? Have one really, really, really big, scary problem And that scary problem can manifest in so many different ways. It can manifest as an imaginary monster that's completely in control of the emotional body. Hmm? You've met people who have an imaginary monster that's completely in control of the emotional body. And if that imaginary monster is severe, then they are usually a violent person. And that's the perpetrator of violence, is the imaginary monster that's rather, that's overwhelming them. The purpose of aggression. Rape, for example. Rape is a being with an imaginary monster so great that it seeks some kind of relief and doesn't even see the victim as a person but sees the victim as a means of relieving the sensation of the imaginary monster. Those of you who might have experienced such an event, know that when you experience that event, you actually experience the imaginary monster. And that's why it is so essential that we produce an equilibrium on this planet. Because this circumstance, this sociopathic circumstance that is existing, not just rape, but war, brutalization, just the incessant consumption of resources, to somehow solve the sensation of the imaginary monster is rampant now. It's, (coughs) Ebola is just an indicator, is just an indicator of the true virus that is raging. (coughs) Thank God Ebola is currently only fluid borne and only transferred through fluid. But the flu virus evolved until it, now it's airborne, yes? But what about the viruses that are beyond airborne? Just the viruses of the sensation of my monster and your monster, right? Those are are electronically transferred. You don't have to be even in the room where somebody has existed. You just have to have a smartphone. And the smartphone in the room can transfer that virus. And I'm not talking about a virus in your smartphone. I'm talking about something even more subtle than that we transfer through our facial tension, through our facial s- view, through the eyes, through the, through the radiance or the lack of radiance in our skin. When our skin becomes very contracted, we don't have physical radiance. When our skin becomes very expanding, just microscopically, more light actually emits out through our skin. And that, the result of that is called innocence. When you look at a small child, what you're looking at is light. That innocence is what is the attractor. And the way evolution produced is that when we have infant youth and extreme old age there are two places where there's normally innocence near death and near birth and that's for the purpose of at near birth everyone wants to take care of and at near death everyone wants to take care of and those are the natural components. Now that's a bell curve, and the reason there's this thing called midlife crisis is that's because that's the place of the least innocence. The the bell curve goes from infancy to to just prior to death, and the thickness here is when people have the the sensation of I know what to do. (laughs) then do it. (laughs) We don't need to help you, right? Which is the natural reaction to that. Now you get a collective because birds of a feather tend to fly together, right? So you get a collective of the I know what to do. And everyone has a big monster. Now you have corporate boards. And that's why this invention of corporation as a person has produced a hydra. You know the mythology of the hydra? The many-headed snake? And you cut off a head and what happens? 10 more sprout in its place? Hmm? That is the collective of all of these really, 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 really fearful beings, who have created this common goal through a common methodology, remember, try to cut off the head. Ten more grow in its place. So what's the solution? The solution is you. The solution is you not having that gigantic monster. The solution is you being in the presence of everything with equilibrium. And you then experience the corporate boards as a part of you. But as they are a part of you, as you absorb them as a part of you, they're a part of you that's balanced. So for them, there's an offsetting in you, and you experience all of this, all of this in life, balance, comes standing up. On one leg. And what we're doing is we're getting not only that inner ear, but we're getting the reticular formation to experience the balance. We're getting the parietal lobes, which are the noisemakers of our brain, to experience the balance. In other words, you are kinesiologically transferring balance from physical to emotional to mental to emotional, to physical to emotional to mental to emotional back and forth back and forth come on one lay one foot in tree pose however you work keep your eyes open and just keep letting the imbalance and the balance trade places remember balance is the nature of the universe balance is the nature of the universe. And what you don't want to think is, I am balancing, because you're not. The universe is balanced. You're simply tuning in to what is. So the parietal lobes, which are the the noisy ones of the brain, the two lobes that are the noisy ones of the brain, will calm down, because no need to make noise, everything is cool. Breathe properly. The reticular formation, which is your instinct at the base of the skull, at the top of the spine, relaxes, doesn't need to take over, doesn't need to collect and hoard and preen, doesn't need to do any of that because everything's cool. When the parietal lobes quiet down and the reticular formation stops sending massive signals, the brain activity moves down to the heart because if the head brain feels that everything is cool, then it allows, so benevolent of it, it allows the heart-brain to share the control. And the more often you do this, the better off your heart-brain is. When the heart-brain is the main brain functioning, the kundalini can rise through the diaphragm. Because the kundalini plays in the lower three chakras if the system believes that you are at any, at any way in danger. But as long as you have your system knowing that the universe is safe, then the Kundalini will be allowed to rise beyond the diaphragm. When the Kundalini rises beyond the diaphragm, the first thing it engages is the heart center. And now the heart center has been engaged by the allowance of the head brain and the Kundalini. Trade back and forth, try one leg for a while, then the other leg And as this goes on and on and on, as you now have this heart brain initiated by both the Kundalini and the allowance of the head brain, suddenly the cochlea in the inner ear, which is a part of the throat chakra, allows the throat to open up. And what I would like you to do right now is chant the four Actually, they're five because the A ah is considered an independent Ra madasa. so we're going to do long
0: Ramadasa.
1: Let the ah really open your throat. Ra Put your lower jaw forward. Inhale. Rah. Rah. Come sitting down in easy pose, close your eyes. Place your two hands on your heart center and experience the sensation of that incredible, faithful, totally non-demanding organ. so hung and I want you to chant it in the chest, in the heart. about how it sounds it's very soft it's very low it may not be in the perfect part of your range that doesn't matter we're doing it soft and low in order to get down into there down into that component (coughs) let's do it again now. So... dream. and exquisite solution this indexing of your memories because that Rama, da, sa say so hung is one of the best mantras to index memory because it is so balanced it has such equilibrium in it long deep breathing, stir this frequency into your full body from your heart When you are filled with equilibrium, you feel equal to everything. And that means that there is nothing that overwhelms you. And when you're not overwhelmed and you're equal, everything becomes solution. Ramadasa sase so hung the sun, the moon, the earth, and the breath, I am equal to that. It's a statement of identity. And when you're just equal to the primal nature of the sun, the moon, the earth, and the breath, then you're in equilibrium. When you're in equilibrium, you are in ease. And therefore, it is called a healing mantra. Healing is not applying something to dis-ease. Healing is emerging the ease from within the dis. Ease is always there. If the dis is, then you just grow the ease up through the dis. oh oh, one might think that's so simplistic and the answer is that's correct because nature is simplistic open my heart And reverse the direction that you're rotating. keep your hands where they are and you simply turn your head completely to the left as you inhale. We want to open the throat and turn it completely to the right as you exhale. We want to open the throat because the throat and the inner ears, so you do it very gently and very slowly and you do it exactly in the rhythm of your breath because the The throat and the inner ear connected physically through the eustachian tube are very much a key to the sensation of balance. You can experience a person's balance in the tone of their voice. And the tone of your voice will also establish the experience of what you hear. So it tunes the sensory system in that way. That's why music is so important in life. said that dancers appear to be crazed in the eyes of those who cannot hear the music. and inhale exhale now come sitting on your heels you're not going to be sitting there for long so you're going to sit on your heels you're going to inhale and stand on your knees arch back breathing through your nose now Watch this, watch this. What you want is you want the Idan Pingala and the Shushmana to be very much stretching those channels you want to stretch. So try and do this equally on both sides. Inhale and then you exhale and you sit on your heels, bring forehead to the floor, stretch the arms forward Then inhale. And do it slow and in complete alliance with your breathing, once again, we're producing a sensation of balance in the body. Complete sensation of balance in the body. Balance and accuracy. balance and accuracy. (laughs) All right. <laughs> Do one more and end in the down position. Come onto your backs and bring your heels up against your, your buttocks. Reach down and grab hold of your ankles. Inhale and ra- keep the back of the head on the ground. Inhale and raise the hips as high as you can. If you can't reach your ankles, just have your hands extended toward them. Inhale up, hips up, exhale down continue on. Once again, we're producing alignment Feel that equilibrium, experience that balance. The pure emotional sensation of balance and equilibrium is safety. A sense of pure safety comes from within us. when we feel completely safe there's a over huge huge inclination to share to serve to be at peace and at one Inhale up. Exhale down. Extend your legs out 60 degrees. And begin bicycling with breath of fire. And just experience the bicycle because bicycles are one of the events in which we experience balance. We don't learn to ride a bike. We accept the fact that we can. And once accepted, it's never not accepted. That's why they say you never forget. But it isn't about learning and forgetting, it's about accepting. And once accepted, it's there. You're accepting the balance of the universe when you ride a bike. You're also accepting the balance of the universe when you swim. Because the nature of your body is to float, not to sink. Reverse the direction. I know that's a weird bicycle, but from your head to your heels. Now you take your hands and you are going to touch the fir- the first finger pad to the first finger pad, the second finger pad to the second finger pad and then you're going to turn them towards you and the thumbs are pointing upward so you're sitting up and your hands are like this and you have this in front of the sternum it doesn't have to touch the sternum but it's just in front of there it's creating and now you just put a little pressure you're creating a piezoelectric effect with that pressure because the the physical tissue reacts with an electric static electric charge now, you're creating now an electromagnetic field in the neighborhood of your heart. And that's what, we're, that's what our goal is here. Now, the upper teeth are an extension of the head brain. This is not a picture that I made really big, so you have to just look at it. The upper teeth are an extension of the head brain. All right, the stem cells that made the brain extended down to make the upper teeth. The lower teeth are an extension of your heart brain. So when you're taking a bite or when you're speaking, your teeth are part of that activity and it's a union of the head brain and the heart brain. Because there needs to be a balance. It's not that we discard the head brain, no. The head brain is extremely valuable. The heart brain has been undervalued and that's why we have so much heart disease, hmm? the number one killer in the world, heart disease. Hmm? So you put this like this, put this like, and you get your jaws out there, hmm. and it is. Yogi Vajan said this is the dragon's breath. Hmm. Like this. and you hear, and now you put as much pressure between your fingers as you have with your jaws, and then you breathe through your nose. That's. Beyond ridiculous, but your mouth is open and you're breathing through your nose, so work it all. Get all that pressure, oh, Sri, it's this way. There they go. Yeah, that's the pressure. The pressure is that is the pads of the fingers against you. In the process, Yogi Vajan said, you Westerners, you, you would slay your dragons. We in the East, we, ta- we, we got them, we, we rode them. They make great transportation. So you want to fly with your dragon. And you want to extend that lower jaw and get that heart brain engaged in your life. Extend that upper jaw and get a balance between the head and the heart. Bigger, bigger, more, create more electromagnetic field. Last 30 seconds, be big, 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 big. Inhale. Exhale, stand instantly, instantly stand, shake your body, shake your body, and then after shaking your body for a few seconds now, spread this into the electromagnetic field. You've built a tremendous piezoelectric charge. Now spread it into your aura, your electromagnetic field. Spread it into there. This is the unseen part of our existence. We must work with that which is beyond our five opaque senses. We must work with what is beyond the opaque senses. That's how we build community. That's how we build unity. What is community? Common unity. We find a commonness in our unity. yeah do what you can do inflammation needs to die down slowly obviously and do one more and end in the dangling down position Lie down on your backs, completely relaxing, completely relaxing, relax your feet. your lower legs and your knees, your thighs and your hips and your pelvis. Relax your spine from the bottom to the top Relax the abdomen and the diaphragm, the two lungs. Let the two lungs embrace the heart. Relax the shoulders, arms, hands and fingers. Relax your neck and your throat. We've worked extensively on the throat center and the heart center today. Relax the throat all the way into the inner ear. The lower jaw's connection to the heart. Relax your lower jaw. Deeply and completely relax the bones of your face and the bones of your crown. Experience. Experience the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes. Roll your hands and roll your feet. Rub your palms together and the soles of your feet together. Inhale and stretch every single cell in your body. That produces an incredibly well-distributed electrostatic electric charge. Then do a cat stretch left and right. Stretching is so important. And then bring your knees to your chest, roll on your spine. And come sitting up. And now, take your your hands and make the same kind of curve that you would have if you were going to lock them together but you're not gonna lock them together, you're going to tap on the sternum with your fingertips. The mantra is har, 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 har. That balance in this position. And then, with your eyes closed as you're slowly coming up, with your hands, your palms, not your fingers, in front of your eyes, open your eyes into the darkness of your palms. slowly move your palms forward, gazing at the lines of your palmistry, which are also the lines of your destiny. Remarkable. Aren't you remarkable? Yes. Huh? Huh? Woof. Woof. In pure balance, we're exquisite. Have a great Tuesday. Remember, it's Tuesday which is a Mars day. Drive consciously and conscientiously and compassionately because no one else is. (laughs) Have a great day.
0: Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.